OG yet? No, but they did hold up. There, there was a parade held for me uh, before I left, so I definitely appreciated the uh, the fine folks of Harris County uh, treating me so well. That, that honestly, that makes sense. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. We appreciate you um, uh, spending some of your hard-earned money and some of your uh, very limited time to both pay for and consume this podcast. Uh, both of those things takes a, takes a lot of effort, and we appreciate it. We need you to know that. Yes, we love you very much. Yes. Uh, this is your Week 7 preview edition of Tep and Step, your premium high school football podcast. A lot to get to in this mega-sized episode of the podcast. I don't really mean it's mega-sized. It's the same size. It's mega-sized same- every week. Yeah, it's it's but it's the same really size. size. So is right, that really exactly. mega size? Yeah. Yeah. So in in that in that respect, we're not lying to you. Yes. Uh, but a lot to get to. I want to get Steps' thoughts on his trip to Houston and what he saw down there uh, from last week, and then of course we'll have our our weekly game draft where we pick the best games across the state. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Step. Everyone was going crazy on Friday night myself included over the Eastland and Panhandle game. Uh, Defensive coordinators weren't going crazy. I bet. Well, they were going crazy in a different way. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe in a, in a, in a taking years off their life type way. But, uh, that game of course ended Eastland 91 Panhandle 71 Mm -hmm. Panhandle scored 71 points and lost by 20. Um, but, you know, one of the things I thought was actually rather interesting about it is the numbers from Baron Morton. Baron Morton, the quarterback for Eastland, uh, threw for five touchdowns, ran for another five touchdowns. Uh, he's back, if you didn't know that. Uh, but one thing that was interesting is that he only had 425 yards passing, which is, it's a lot. I want to be clear. 425 is a lot of yards yeah. passing. <laughs> only in quotes, right? Yeah. Yes, only. But like, I was kind of thinking, oh, he's going to have like a ton. He's going to have some crazy number. And 425 is like a crazy but normal number. So my question for you, Matt Stepp, what UIL 11-man player has thrown for the most yards in a single game this season? Oh, man. That's a good one. Is it the kid? Is it Colin Bishop from Childress? It is not, but that's an excellent guess because he's second. Dang it. So okay. he, he threw for 502 against, ta-da, Panhandle. <laughs> oh, um, sorry, sorry, Panhandle. <laughs> going for the Panhandle defense. Yeah. Uh, they've, that's a, but but uh, Baron Morton is sixth on the list. Uh, this year, for, uh, Brett Hoffman from Buffalo threw for 426. Colt Shuckers, my boy from Lindsay, threw for 431. Uh, Jacob Robinson from Jewett Leon threw for 442. Colin Bishop threw for 502. But Matt Stepp, he wasn't even, Baron Morton didn't even throw for the most yards last week. Oh, wow. Because last week, 
Caden Burke of Godly threw for 607 yards in their game against Aubrey. Wow. I need to, uh, I need to, I need to send an email to, um, coach Lowry and be like, Hey, why didn't, why didn't you get me that that kid's stats for player of the week nominations, man. Six Oh seven for Caden for, uh, for, uh, for Caden Burke. Let me see if there's anything else I'm looking for. Uh, he threw 31 times. Uh, he threw six touchdown passes in that game. Uh, in there, uh, I would presume. Actually, I should not do that. I presume a win over over Aubrey. Uh, let's uh, check. Let's check. Let's check. Godly. I got Had to have won. They right? lost 45-42. Oh my god. They lost forty-five. Maybe that's why Are Coach Lowry was mad about the loss. Yeah, lost forty-five, forty-two. Uh, poor Caden Burke. He's like, what do I have to do? 670 yeah. yards, six touchdown passing and they lose. Him and him uh, and Dak Prescott are, are can can <laughs> Dak, Dak can empathize with him, I'm sure. So there it is. Caden Burke, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, step. I actually have not talked to you since you were down in Houston. Um, yeah, is, we have, is, it's been a busy week. Yeah, been a busy week. That is not that is not just like podcast banter. Um, we 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 haven't talked. Uh, how was your trip to Houston? Uh, it was great. Um, you know, got to see. I mean, I got I got my money's worth. I was I was pretty worn out when I got back on Sunday. Uh, got to see five games in the weekend. Um, three on Saturday. So um, I got to see 10, 10 H Town teams play and. And uh, I went to five different stadiums, and, and you know, three of my five games were, were pretty pretty good. Um, so that was a good thing, and it, it ate some good food while I was down there, and, and generally um, had a good time. So it was, it was great to get back to Houston. It, it had been a while since I've been down there. I think it had been since I think the last time I was in Houston was I think the regional final round last year, the playoffs. I mean, it was during the playoffs last year when I last time I've been to Houston. So it, it had been quite a while. So it was good to get back. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm glad you were there. You got to see some. You got to see some good games, including um, one of the. What I would I would declare Bridgeland to Dave Campbell's Texas football darling. That's a team we've uh, we've we've been on the bandwagon for for a little bit. Yes, we had our eyes on them, and, and they they went into uh, Freedom Field and knocked off Shadow Creek 27-21 in a really really good competitive game uh, Friday night. I'm very impressed with Connor Wigman, the quarterback. Um, you know, Bridgeland, their star receiver, Dylan Goffney, didn't play um, in the game. And, and Shadow Creek's quarterback, uh, Kyron Drones, didn't play. Um, so I think both both players were held out for precautionary reasons, I would say. I would say that if it was a playoff game, I think both players would have would have gone. But, you know, it's a non-district game. Why risk it, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I thought, you know, Shadow Creek, uh, Brad Butler's son, Duke Butler, was a starting quarterback for Shadow Creek uh, as a sophomore. And, and let me tell you, he was – he, he, he was more nervous, I think, about, um, you know, about everything than, than, than his son was because Brad before, you know, Coach Butler, he, he's he's, you know, he, he's he can get a little nervous before games. He's a competitor. Yeah. He's a coach and that kind of thing. And but he was extra nervous pregame uh, with his son and his first varsity start. But I thought he played a good game. Uh, Shadow Creek just made a few too many mistakes, too many penalties, too many drops um, to beat a good team. And I think that's that's what Shadow Creek, the lessons that they're learning moving up to class 6A is that sometimes, you know, they can't just completely out-talent everyone at the 6A level, that, that they've got to play a clean game as well. And if you don't play a clean game, 
uh, the margin for error is not not there at the six A level. So um, I think both teams are. I think Bridgeland's really good. I think Shadow Creek's going to be fine. Um, they're, they've played a really tough schedule early on. You know, don't sound the alarms on Shadow Creek. They're going to they're going to be really good. and They're going to be in the mix come playoff time. Yeah, I'm I'm not really worried about them. Craig Way asked me that on the radio this morning. He goes, "Who are you more worried about, Shadow Creek or Lo- Frisco Lone Star?" And I'm like, um, "Like neither." Like, you know, like I, I think you know, if if I have to pick, I suppose I'll say like Lone Star because at least they've been like they've had a hundred percent of their guys. You know, yeah, like, I definitely like, say Lone Star. Yeah. You know, because you know, because of I guess of the four losses that those two teams have, the loss to North Forney is quote unquote the worst loss, I guess. Yeah. But like, it's, I mean, it's I a know. team in a lower you know team in a lower division that wasn't ranked. So yeah, exactly. Um, but in any case, I'm not real worried about either of those. But but yeah, I, especially especially um uh, with when, when you're dealing with Shadow Creek, I think that those are two good loss two good losses. I know they don't want to hear that right now, but I think they'll be just fine. All right. It's now time for our week seven draft, Matthew, where we are going to, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Uh, we go through back and forth uh, drafting games that we are most interested in in that week of Texas high school football. Every game is eligible to be picked. So if Step wants to take, um, oh, I looked this up. Um, so if Step would like to take um, uh, Austin Navarro versus Austin Northeast, he can do that if you would like, mm-hmm. and it's not beyond him to do something like that, but, uh, we will, uh, any game is eligible. We had a coin. We're going to go back and forth. Once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, we went, had coin flip before the show. I won the coin flip. So I get the first pick this week in a week that uh, we were talking before we came on the air. I don't think this is a great week of games. It's a good week of games. It's a solid week of games, but this is not, this is not a, a week of games that I look at, especially like it's not usually every week. There's like 10 games, 12 games that just stand out above the rest here. I think there's like, a, there's a couple games that are really, really good. And then there's like, you know, a bunch of pretty solid games. Um, I don't yeah. know if this is, this isn't the best week we've had. There's not that. Yeah. There's not those games that just leave off the page. Actually, you got to kind of dig into these games a little bit to try to find the ones that, that really, uh, kind of fit your fancy, so to speak. Well, you know what? I told I told Craig Way this this morning. It's a week for nerds. It really is. Like, if you like, this is not. If you are the guy who like you need Carthage versus Pleasant Grove to get your dander up, mm-hmm. um, this is not your week. But if you're the guy who's like, oh my gosh, we get Post versus Sundown, or you're like, if you're the guy who's like, ooh, George West versus Poth, this is your week. Cause mm-hmm. those are the, those are the, those are some of the best games. I, I agree. I think, I think, I think it's so that those kind of almost, I don't want to call them hipster games cause they're still really good games, but kind of those hipster type games are the ones that, uh, that really are going to be kind of catch the spotlight this week more than anything. So I've got the first pick, but I am going to go kind of chalky for my first pick because my first pick, Matthew, is a Thursday night affair. All right. Why the Thursday night affair? Thursday night at Wilkerson Standards Memorial Stadium in Rockwall as Southlake Carroll takes on Rockwall in a 6A matchup. And Matt, I'm going to make the bold declaration here that this game is not ending 7-3. to three. Shocking. I can't believe you're going out on such a limb. <laughs> because it's it's twofold. 
first and foremost, both of these offenses are ridiculous. Okay. Yes. Um, Rockwall is averaging 60 points a clip uh, every week. And, and, and if you are worried that they did that, they lost Jackson Smith and Jigba. And so the offense is going to uh, going to fall off. I have news for you. And that is that uh, they've still got Braden Locke and Braden Locke is awesome. Uh, yes. if, if anything, what I'm glad is happening, because look, you and I both think Jackson Smith and Jigba is an unbelievable football player. But what I'm what I'm happy to see happening is Braden Locke showing out in the early going so that people realize maybe exactly how good he is, that it's not just that he had an unbelievable receiver to throw to. He's a really good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about one of the one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2022. And he's going to, you know, in a lot of ways, he's, he's going to get overshadowed because of the, his counterpart on the, on the other side of the field, who most consider the uh, number one player in that number one quarterback in the country in that class. Uh, but Brayden Locke is a guy who, who, who is going to put up big numbers and is going to uh, be a division one quarterback. There's no no question about that. So, so obviously, Braden Locke is awesome, and then there's Quinn Ewers, and Quinn Ewers is uh, a superstar. Quinn Ewers is, uh, as you mentioned, there's there's there are very respectable um, recruit recruiting people who think that he's the best player in the country in the class mm-hmm. of 2022. Um, but it's not just him. Uh, it's it they've 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 had a pretty decent they had a good running game with Owen Allen. They've got plenty of receivers, like most notably Brady Boyd. Uh, I mean, they have weapons all over the field. This team is absolutely loaded offensively. Both these teams are absolutely loaded offensively. And then there is the other side of the ball, <laughs> yeah. which um, work to be done. Work, 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 to work be in done. progress. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Carroll beat Heath 72 to 57 last week. And Rockwall is giving up almost 40 points a game. Um. So there's going to be points scored. This yes. is going to be pointsy. Yeah. And and what I'm very interested in, and, and, and honestly, what, what I think is great about this game is that I think this is a really nice snapshot of two of the bright young minds in Texas high school football coaching here in obviously Riley Dodge and at South Lake Carroll. I don't think he needs any introduction at this point. But Trey Brooks, who took over for Rodney Webb at Rockwall, who is Dave Campbell's Texas football assistant coach of the year last year, um, he's a rising star in Texas high school football as well. Mm -hmm. So it's an opportunity for them to take a spotlight. Um, Look, sometimes, and especially when you're dealing with a non-district game like this, sometimes you just want to sit back and be entertained. Um, That's what this is. This game, if you just want to see points and big time offenses and kind of devil may care defenses like this is your game if if the winner of this game has less than has fewer than 50 points i would be legitimately shocked in this game like it just this this seems like we're destined for something like 70 to 60 if you were setting an over under on this game what, what would the over under be i would set the over under at I'm going to set it at 119 and a half. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would say the over under starts in the mid eighties, right? I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, we're talking, Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, I think that's absolutely. where it starts. I mean, we're talking, you know, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. If, you can, you know, these, these guys can roll out of bed and score 40 points. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a game of that. Yeah. I, I think the winner, I, I think you're right. The winner's got to score 50 at least. Yeah. 
Winners got to score 50. So, look, I'm not here. To, and, look, by the way, I would love to see one of these defenses step up. Um, and, and if a defense, by the way, if a defense can step up and have a great game against an elite offense, then suddenly, like, we're going to start looking at that team a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Right now, in the early going, everything points to a crazy high-scoring just shootout here. Um I the so, one thing, I'm willing to give Southlake a little bit of a pass. That was their first first outing last week. So I think there's more room for improvement on the Carroll side, just be, from the, the game one to game two improvement yeah. that we tend, tend to see. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, you can see that with Southlake Carroll a little bit, I think. I agree with that. I agree. I'm willing to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but I also think that this game's just going to be nuts. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I'll set the all. I'll set the over under realistically at. I'll set no. I'm, I'm going to set it over at 99. 99's yeah. my over under. That's wild. That's a wild ass football right there. But it's. But I think it's. Uh, you know what? Yeah. No, I, I. I would. I. I can be talked into either one. Of, either side of that. So is that going to be your pick, game? Uh, you're going to be. I know Thursday night you'll be. Uh, is that the, uh, I know it's going. It's Thursday night game. You're going to be watching that one online probably. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be watching that. And Pickle's going to be there for Fox because Fox, this is true, Fox did not realize it was a Thursday night game. And so they had booked her for it. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to, she's going to go. Pickle, Pickle doing, Pickle's going to two games this week? She's got double duty, man. She's, man. she's, she's taking, she's taking a play, a play out of the, the Matt Step playbook. I'm telling you, man. So, two games. anyway, my first pick is Rockwall and South Lake Carroll. What's your, what's your first pick? I'm going to go down to Austin for a district opener in Class 5A Division 1 as 2-0 Georgetown visits 2-0 Cedar Park. And, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance this, the district title gets decided this week. I mean, I, I think there's some other teams, I think, in this district that, that are going to have a say in the matter. But I think there's a strong possibility these two teams um, are, the, are the favorites in the district. You know, both of them come into the game 2-0. And the interesting thing is both teams are 2-0 against 6A opponents. Um, you know, Georgetown's uh, beaten two of the better teams in 12-6A as they hold wins over Belton and Coppers Cove. And I thought last week, you know, in week one against Belton, Georgetown had to come from behind. They dug themselves a really big hole and came back late and, and won the game. But last week against Coppers Cove, it was it was pretty much dominance the whole way through. Uh, the Eagles beat Cove 38-14 to and, uh, you know, Five different players scored touchdowns for Georgetown in the game. They got a defensive touchdown in the game. It was it was kind of a complete effort um, uh, from from uh, from Georgetown in this game. And I, and I thought that was the most impressive thing is Georgetown has kind of been known as a team that's going to score a lot of points. It's going to going to put put a lot of offense up. But I, I thought Chuck Griffin's squad, their defense, really uh, really did a great job on what can be a dynamic um, Coppers Cove offense. But when you talk yeah. about defense, you know, you, you got to talk about the black rain defense of Cedar Park. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the unit that I think is the headliner coming into this game. And, and you look at Cedar Park, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, it, it, there, there's not a more Cedar Park win than a 28 to 14 score. That's a that's a very on brand score for Cedar Park. And that's that was the score last week in their win over Round Rock Cedar Ridge. And this this quarterback rider Hernandez. Um, had a big game, throws for 346 and four touchdowns. Uh, but it was the defense. You know, Cedar Park holds holds Cedar Ridge to 14 points. They got nine sacks um, on the night and just really shut down what is a good 6A offense. I mean, Cedar Ridge is a really good offense. And, and I think when you look at, at the, the resumes of these two teams, I think you've got to give the edge to Cedar Park. I mean, back-to-back wins over Vandergrift and, and Cedar Ridge to open the season. 
that's, that's pretty heady stuff. And I don't think it's getting talked about enough on a statewide level. I think Cedar Park is very quietly kind of kind of flying under the radar in 5A Division One, and, and I think, you know, they're starting to establish themselves as, as a team, the chief challenger in Region 3 maybe to a team like Richmond Foster. I mean, you, I mean Vandergriff hadn't lost a regular season game in two years. Yeah. And, and Cedar Park goes out and beats them. So um, this Cedar Park team is for real, and, and I think they, they, they get it, get a big win this week. I, th- I think they're the definite favorites, and I would definitely lean towards Cedar Park in this one. You know, the one thing I do like, um, I think that, you know, Georgetown's an interesting squad because I think for years and years we've kind of associated them with just like high-powered passing attacks mm-hmm. and like airing it out. This is they've, – they've got a lot of balance to their offense. Um, they've got, I think they've got a solid quarterback in this Darson Herman, but they don't ask him to go out there and single-handedly win the game. They can run the ball. Well, they're pretty, they're just, they're pretty, they're, they just, you know, it's early, right? Two games, but like so far their two games have been like balanced. Well, like, like real solid team wins, you know, like, like they're, they're not asking one guy to go out there and put on the Cape. And that's what's going to be interesting is like, can they find, can they kind of crack the code on this Cedar Park defense, which is, I mean, has looked spectacular. I mean, I think you're right. We don't make enough about that win that they had in week one over Vandegrift. That's a great win. That's a, for a lot of teams, that's a signature win. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Cedar Park's flying under people's radar. Um, and, 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 you know, I think part of it is that we're, I mean, realistically, let's be real. I think we're just used to them. We're used to them every year being like right now they're ranked number six and it's like i think i think mo- i think the most quietest people- number six team in the state of texas i mean it's been, they've and been I, very- yeah i think that i think seriously i think people just kind of look at that and they just see like uh like white noise you're like oh yeah yep mm-hmm. cedar park mm-hmm. like they're, they're see, that's where they're supposed to be they're supposed to be right there but like if they can break out and they and they've they, it's been a long time since they've had a quarterback like this uh, and Ryder Hernandez, it's like this is this could be that that team that breaks through and and has a chance to make that deep run. So I am uh, I'm I'm very excited, um, very excited to, for this one because I do think if Georgetown, you know, Georgetown's probably I think the second best team in that district. Uh, I think I'm willing to say that. Yeah, I think I'm willing to say that. Um, it's it's a good district, but I think these are probably the two best teams. And so my question is now going to be. Can they like? Can they like? You can take control of this district right now, like right away. Right off the if top, you come out with a win. Yeah, yeah. So huge game there. That's, that's an excellent pick. All right, uh, I'm gonna be small school, small school Tepper. All right, I'm gonna be small school Tepper. My second pick. We are going to go to. I think it's McLennan County. Let's make sure. Hold on. Yeah, Mc, well, limestone McLennan, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what side of the stadium's on. Uh, let's go to Mart ISD Athletic Complex. For, Pretty sure it's in McLennan County still. I think so too. Yeah. For I'm I'm willing to say, and this might be the most disrespectful thing I say all year, which is uh, certainly saying something. Matt Step, let's talk about God love you, Frost Hubbard and Wortham. Let's talk about the last interesting Mart game for a while. And yeah, this may be the last interesting Mart game till. After Thanksgiving, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's the the Bremont Tigers come to visit the Mart Panthers, and look, Mart quietly five and zero. They have beaten three, four, three A teams in mm-hmm. non district, and then they finally played a two a team in their in their classification last week, 
uh, in Chilton. By the way, Chilton, not bad. Chilton's not not lunch meat. No, they're not. That, that's a that's a playoff team. That's a playoff team, and Mart won fifty to nothing. And it was, I think it might have been fifty to nothing at halftime. Like I think it might have been one of those deals where Mart was just up. And I think that's what we, the running clock is going to be a big player in Mart games uh, probably after this week uh, for sure. So, but um, probably not in this one because for the first. And again, God love you, rest of District 10. Last time in the regular season, we're going to see Mart play a team in 2A Division 2 that I think could give them some trouble. Yeah, if Mart if Mart doesn't play well, I absolutely think Bremont is good enough to, to give them give them some trouble. Um, right. The problem is I think if Mart plays well, I think they blow Bremont away. So that's that's the thing. I think this has I think this had this this game has a lot of has a lot of variance to it. Now the mm-hmm. thing I'll say about Bremont here here's Bremont. Bremont's four and two on the year. Uh, their two losses on the year are to uh, Norman G. That's aged pretty well. Norman G's a pretty good team. Good two division one team. Good good yeah, solid team two, division one. And then a very narrow loss to Centerville, who's also a pretty good team. Yep. Division um, one. Both both are division one teams. Both D one teams. Um, and by the way, they've got the guy. They've got Seth Kazowski. Seth Kazowski's awesome, man. He's he really good. Yeah, I can't imagine how hard it is to play quarterback in Bremond um, after yeah. post Rashad Paul. And I know there's been a couple of year gap there. You know, Rashad Paul graduated a couple of years ago. There's mm-hmm. been a little bit of a gap, but. It's it's tough enough to, to be the guy who follows up Rashad Paul, and it's got to be even tougher to be the guy following up Rashad Paul when you're also the head coach's son. Yeah, but he's but he's handled the job he's so done a great well. Job. He's done a really good job. He's been great, and you know, look, he's capable of really challenging Mark, really truly challenging Mark. The question for me is whether or not Bremont can match up up front, because if Bremont can't match up up front, the game's over before it starts. And, and so that's, that's the big question in this one. And to me, like I said, this is just the last time we will think about Mart for probably the last time we talk about them as far as weekly previews for a few weeks. Well, the next time we talk about Mart will be probably in our playoff preview show. We'll be yes. preview the brackets in 4A through 2A. We'll, we'll talk about Mart then. But yeah, um, I, I think this game comes down to, to which Mart shows up. If, if Mart shows up and they're focused and ready to go and they play well, I mean, they beat Bremont by you know five touchdowns, probably. I mean, it's, that's just it's uh, that's just I mean, they're twenty nine point favorites in our in our uh, computer ranking right now. I, that's about kind of if Mart plays well. I think that's what happens. I think yeah. if Mart doesn't play well, they put the ball on the ground. They're a little sloppy. I think that's where Bremont can hang around, pick up some confidence, and if they're in it late, maybe have a chance to pull the upset. But it's gonna yeah. it's gonna take a lot. I mean, Mart. It, it's just that's just the. I, I think we're careening towards. Uh, a Mart Hamlin State Championship in two A Division two, barring yeah. something crazy happening. I I entirely agree, which is what like, but this is the this is this is again very interesting from just like a like it's it's a this is a heat check for Mart. It's like let's let's see what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. um, and and we're, we're gonna find out. And Bremont's certainly good enough to challenge them. I remember when non when uh, realignment came out, this was a team. This was a game we were like, all right, 
Keep an eye on that one. Mar Bremont could give them a little bit of trouble. I don't think Bremont's quite as good as we thought they were going to be, but they're still pretty solid. I think very clearly the second best team in that district. And so, well, this is at the very least, this is the district 10 to a division two title game. If that's what, Absolutely. if that's what, 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 what gets you going, then, then so be it. So my second pick is Mart versus Bremont. What is your third pick, Matthew? Second, I'm sorry. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm heading out, heading out west, and I'm heading all the way out west and visiting our good friends in El Paso for the first time this year. As we welcomed El Paso football back last week, and we get a great district ball game this week in one six A. As at the Socorro Student Activities Complex, one and El Paso Americas takes on one and El Paso East Lake in a game that very well could have district title implications right off the bat out in El Paso. Um, you know, America's is the, the, the defending district. This is a game with a lot of star power in it. You've got America's with their running back, Aaron Dumas, uh, the New Mexico commit. Um, you've got Eastlake with their star quarterback, Orion Olivas, um, who, who's put up huge numbers um, the last couple of years. This, this game's got the star power you're looking for and two, two really good teams and a real contrast of styles. Um, America's is kind of that, you know, lineup in the eye formation. They're going to run right at you. They're going to be physical with you. They're going to be, they play a physical style on the defensive side of the ball they really get after you and and they're 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 not a fun team to play you talk to coaches in el paso about americas and one thing they always say is they're just not much fun to play because they get after you so hard they play such a different and unique style um, of play than a lot of other teams in the city um, and it, it's that's what makes patrick melton squad a tough matchup now, now they struggled a little bit last week though they were down in the fourth quarter against del Valle and had to had to get some late heroics from dumas uh, to, to get the win uh, 28 to 20 as Dumas ran for 178 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, so they didn't play their, their best game last week for sure. And I'm sure coach Melton in practice has been harping on it because they're going to need to come out sharp this week to go against an East Lake squad, a, a real veteran East Lake squad that brings a ton of, ton of talent back from last year's team. And, and they, they jumped out quick on Parkland last week and, and blew the Matadors away uh, 59 to 25. And that game was over at halftime. Uh, Orion Olivas threw for 359 yards and six touchdowns in the first half. He, he sat down. He, he didn't play the second half. Um, um, I, didn't, he, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he did, he, he did all that in one half. Um, the game was open. I think I believe Eastlake scored, I think, 49 points in the first half, and he sat out the second half. Um, he's got a real deep core of receivers. They've just got a lot of skill talent. Um, the thing about this game is going to be which who, who wins the style play matchup here, because I, I think if Eastlake can, can lure uh, America's into, into that kind of track meet type game, I think it definitely plays into their favor. But if, if America's kind of slows the game down, gets physical, gets nasty, America's wants this game to be a street fight. Um, yeah. they, they want this game to be physical and nasty and ugly and, and, and in the 20s. While while Eastlake wants to ramp the tempo up and, and get 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 um, Eastlake wants to ramp the tempo up and get Americas out of their game. So um, I, I think that's going to be kind of the you know you, I, I'll I'll be able to look at the final score probably and tell you who won the game without you know if you if you, if you just said hey this game is going to be twenty eight twenty one I'm going to be like Americas wins that game every time. But if yeah. I see a final score you know forty five to forty one then I'm going to say probably that's an Eastlake win. So I think this this game's going to come down to style points. Yeah, this is this is you're right, and and what I what I like about this is this is very this is very much like an NFL game, and here's what I mean by that is that 
I'm at me as a guy who doesn't have an NFL team. I just flip on the game and if uh, flip on whatever's on and I'm, that must I be nice. Just, yeah. Coming from a Cowboys fan, that must be really nice right now. Sorry, buddy. But like, yeah. for example, if it was like, uh, uh, let's say it's, uh, it's saints and Texans, right? I can yeah. just flip on the game and I could be like, Oh, okay. Well, this is Drew Brees against Deshaun Watson. Like this is an interesting game to me, right? It's teams that are the teams that have superstars, right? That I know who those stars are in El Paso. This is a perfect example of one of those games. It's like, Oh, this is Aaron Dumas against Orion Olivas. Like this is, this is a great game. This is a game I'm interested in. Yeah. And so because of that star power, I think that, I think maybe it'll even get like the, uh, the, the neutral fan interested in this. Because there is that kind of uh, that, that kind of star power, and if you're not, and if you're unfamiliar with El, El Paso high school football, or that's been off of your radar for a while, understandably so. Here's a great way to jump in: is is keep an eye on this game because this is this is El Paso can be at its best whenever they've got like this kind of star power on the field, mm-hmm. and like this has bona fide star power on. Them. So it should be pretty good. Okay, that's a good pick. I am going to all right. I'm going to go to an interesting game in back up in the DFW Metroplex. I hate to be Metroplex Central, but I do really I'm interested in this game for a couple of reasons, and that is seven o'clock Friday night at Eagle Stadium in DeSoto as the DeSoto Eagles welcome in the Prosper Eagles. And, um, hey, Step, what'd you think of uh, DeSoto's first game? Well, uh, I thought that was pretty pretty solid. I had a good little night on Friday night. Yeah, nice little nice little game. Uh, so, if you didn't hear, DeSoto shuts out Judson and hands the Rockets their first shutout since 2005. 2005? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly... That game, I I think the final was thirty-seven nothing. I am fairly certain that was the score at halftime. It was it was thirty-seven nothing at the half. I mean, I, I yeah. was keeping close watch in this game, and because you know everyone, you know, last week, you know, Monday or Tuesday of last week, I started to get the, these messages about, hey man, so Desoto and their scrimmage against South Lake looked really good. Like Desoto, you know, Desoto's back, Desoto. DeSoto is the real deal. Just got a, a bunch of stuff like that. So um, we're, we're in the premium podcast. We're, we're in the trust yeah. tree. So I texted Riley Dodge uh, not mm-hmm. long after I got those text messages. And I just said, hey, coach, because, uh, you know, me and Riley, you know, humble brag, we talk a little bit. You know, I, I'd say Riley likes us. He, he, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. We're on the premium podcast. I'll call <laughs> him out. Riley Dodge is a gossip. <laughs> he likes to talk he likes to he likes to find out what he's curious he likes to find no, out no, no, what's no. going he's on he's always yes he's always he wants to be in the know with Texas yes. high school football so he blows up our phones because yes. we tend to know things yeah he wants to be up to, updated on things so i texted him i was like you know riley riley owes me one a little bit so i texted him and said hey uh um, is DeSoto um a lot better than last year what did you think and he goes he just replies back real quick uh yeah <laughs> i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll take that um and so yeah i was keeping and, and it was i think it was 20 to nothing like right off the bat and i was mm. like holy cow um yeah yeah DeSoto well, was really good last week well samari collier has very clearly taken a step forward as a quarterback like that's 
evident, like obvious when you watch him play. He's been great. But a lot of what people are going to be talking about is the defense. And and we know they've got the star in, in Shamar Turner, but this team is loaded. And the front seven fast. is nasty. Yeah. Yes. And they they run. They they got a bunch of guys. I didn't catch numbers on them, but they have a bunch of guys that you would put in single digits in the front seven. You know what I mean? Like yeah. guys who guys who guys who you would like to be eligible receivers if you need them to be. Yeah, and they're, and they're impressive. They, they like the highlights. They were they were really impressive. They are they they look the part. They look the part. Going up against Prosper, who I think. I think like you know we were talking we mentioned this about about um uh, uh, about I guess uh, Georgetown earlier or or Cedar Park earlier. I think Prosper is that same way. They are very quietly putting together a really nice start to the season. Okay, that win. I I don't think enough people are talking about what they did last week against Ulysses Trinity. They out Trinity Trinity. Yes. Do you know how hard that is to do? Yeah. They out <laughs> Trinity Trinity and, and Prosper. You know, you, you know what the, the connection is. It's the Chris Ross connection. You know, Chris Ross coached at Cedar Park and coached at Prosper, and those teams are very much molded in his image, which is very sound, very technical. Um, they're not going to wow you with the eyeball test. They're not. They're not going to be super flashy, but they're brutally efficient. And I think that's what Prosper brings to the table. Is is they they're brutally efficient at what they do. They are. They got a great quarterback in Jackson Barry. The defense has been very strong through the first two. Because by the way, their first win was over Plano Prestonwood, who really is a really good team. private school team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So here's a huge test for both these teams. And and what I think is amazing is like you want to talk about a stylistic contrast for Prosper. I mean, talk about whiplash. You're going from Eulis Trinity to DeSoto. Those are about two as stylistically opposite as you can get. For sure. Um, my question on this one is what I what Prosper I think needs to do. Obviously, they need to move the ball, which is something Judson was not able to do. But furthermore, what I think they need to do is is establish the run. If they and and, and run the ball, burn clock, keep the ball away from Desoto because Desoto is so explosive that every time they touch the ball, they can score in a hurry. Yeah. Um, you want to look at your your options. If you give Desoto ten possessions, you know if. Yeah. Just by, if you give them ten possessions, you're you're really starting to get into danger zone where they're going to score on six or seven of those drives every time. You gotta you gotta drop Desoto down to eight, seven or eight possessions in a game and, and control the clock and keep their offense off the field. But further, further, let's also talk. Let's flip this because I think this is a huge stylistic shift and different look for pro, for for Desoto against their opponent too. Because say what you want about Judson, Judson right now is trying to find itself. Judson doesn't know what they are right now, and I think that that they they kind of looked like that team on Friday night. Prosper knows exactly what they are. Prosper is a is they are a they are they are cut from a mold. Okay, they know what they are, and so this is not going to be a team that's going to go out there and beat themselves. You know, this is going to be a much more sound team, and so DeSoto is going to have to earn it a lot more than I think they had to uh, against against Judson on Friday night. So, a huge test, I think, for both of these teams. The computer does have DeSoto by thirteen. That is a little rich, but I think they re- they were really impressed with what they did against. Um, they they jumped three spots in the computer rankings uh, last week. So, um, I think uh, Prosper jumped seven. Um, 
I think that this is a really interesting game and a great test for both of these teams, both of whom are in very difficult districts, although DeSoto's in that weird um, zone, zone, yeah, zone, zone deal. Yeah. But I'll just say this. Like if Prosper if Prosper wins this game or Prosper goes and gives DeSoto a lot of trouble, I know we spent a lot of time talking about Allen and Denton Geyer. Prosper's in District 5-2. And you don't want to uh, if they become a, if they become a, a nuisance, then suddenly District Five becomes even more interesting. Absolutely, so. it, it gets a lot more interesting. And by the way, this is uh, this is my Friday night game this week. So. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Well, I look forward to your report. So my third pick is Desoto and Prosper. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? Third pick. You, you, third, you, you, what's your you third? I'm so off. I'm so used to you, you, used to the you coin winning. Flip. Yeah, you're used to me winning. Uh, my third pick. Um, you actually. Uh, this involves. Uh, a coach you talked to today on Texas Football Today as oh. 2-0 Port Arthur Memorial heads to LaPorte to visit the 2-0 LaPorte Bulldogs in the District 9-5A Division One uh, opener. And I, I think, you know, it's it's a bit of a light week in Houston just with some the, the quality of the games this week. It's not not the best week. And he, I think this might be the best game in the Houston area this week. Um, it's a good week. I think Port Arthur Memorial's flown under the radar a little bit. Um, they've they've got a couple of close games. Uh, you know, they've been kind of living on the edge. Both their win, they've got two wins, and they're by a combined ten points. And last week uh, they needed a last, uh, you know, a drive late in the game. They scored with a, a minute twenty nine left to knock off Barbers Hill twenty seven. Do you know Barbers Hill is zero and two? Um, Dude, yes. We, we got Barbers Hill now. Both losses were in the last minutes, but but they're zero two right now. Um, as as Port Arthur Memorial, uh, Jamar Sanders, their quarterback, um, had a hand in all four touchdowns for the Titans. Uh, he ran for three touchdowns and threw a, a touchdown uh, pass with one twenty nine left to give the Titans the win. But this team, the, the defense for Port Arthur Memorial, they they they've got I think two or three. They, they got a Texas commit on the defensive line. They've got another defensive mm-hmm. end that is a Division One recruit. They've got a couple of D one recruits in the secondary. This is a really good Port Arthur Memorial defense. But they're going up against a Laporte team that may have a bit a better defense. Uh, Laporte, mm-hmm. you know, dropping down from six A to five A Division One. You know, with a really experienced ball club and Coach Anthony Renfro's second year, uh, we kind of thought Laporte might have a chance to be pretty good. And through two weeks, their defense has allowed just nine points. Um, just complete domination last week in a 27-3 win over a 6A squad in Clear Lake. Um, real balanced attack from Laporte. Um, four different players touched, uh, scored, scored touchdowns last week. And, and and this is a team that, that I think their defensive line especially it has a chance to be one of the best uh, in Region 3. So, so I think what you're going to see Friday night is, is a real slugfest. I'm talking about a defensive struggle. Both teams, I think, are good. This game is – if anyone gets to 30 points, I'll be real surprised in this game. I yeah. think you're going to see a very low-scoring, physical, just kind of smash-mouth kind of game um, from both teams. And I think that's the kind of game that Laporte – thrives in. I think Port Arthur Memorial would prefer to speed the tempo up a little bit and, and, and get up tempo, but I just don't think Laporte's going to let him do it, especially not not at home, not in front of, in front of a real raucous crowd that the Bulldogs usually have, even with uh, the uh, attendance limitations. So um, I think Laporte um, is the favorite in this one, and I think they get off to a district play off to a, a good start with a, a real key win to kind of put themselves in, in prime position early in the, early in the race. Yeah, I enjoyed talking with Coach Renfro on Texas football today um, earlier, and 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 a guy who I think I think what you're seeing is the value of having a second year as a coach. 
like plain mm-hmm. and simple, because he was the defensive coordinator. Clear Springs, is that right? Yes, he came from Clear Springs. Yeah, yeah. Clear Springs. He was there. I mean, he's a, he was a last year when he came in. He took over in, in in like mid to late February. I mean, he was a new face. He was a new guy to the program, and I think it took some time. Uh, especially with what was a pretty young team, I think it took some time to get used to having that guy. But now I think you're seeing a team that is that has a familiar voice. It has a familiar uh, tone uh, there in the locker room, and I think that's paying off. But yeah, I think you're right. Against Port Arthur Memorial, and, and he didn't mention that on Texas Football Today, he goes, this will be the fastest team we have seen by a lot. Like yes. Port Arthur Memorial can run, man. That, yeah, yeah, that is one thing that they, can, they, they got dudes who can fly. Yeah, so that will be a very interesting matchup uh, there. Okay, I, for my fourth pick, I am going to go to Live Oak County. Live Oak County, Matthew, for a District 15-3A Division II showdown as the Poth Pirates go on the road and take on the George West Longhorns in a game that I will admit I was more excited about before, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, before George West got upset by Natalia, right? Yeah, that, th- that this really game was like— me. I was telling I was telling folks at Fox, I was like, guys, George West Poth. George West Poth is going to be a big, big, big game. And then they go and they, they lose to Natalia. I, I don't know what happened. They lose 31-28. And I mean, there before that, their only other loss had been a Refurio, and Refurio is Refurio. But I'm still interested in this game because I think there is a very, very real. I think there's a real case to be made that this is pretty clearly the best team Poth has seen this year. Now Poth has the very controversial, and I would say. I would say courageous, courageous, oh, courageous strategy of just beating the absolute dog out of everyone that they play. It's bold. It's, it's, bold. it's real bold. Uh, they have outscored their opponents this year, 302 to 14. It's um, insane. And, and I remember like you and I sat here and I think this is, this must've been in the week three episode, but this is coming off of the, uh, the Polish bowl where they beat fall city 58 to nothing. And we were, and I remember our first thought was like, Oh no, what's wrong with fall city? You know what I mean? Like, Oh man, it's fall city just really broken. I mean, I know a new coach and stuff like that, but now you start looking at it. like, Oh no, they did like the same thing to Carn city. They did the same thing to Dilly. They did the same thing to Stockdale. Like they just, clobbered these teams and but we don't really know what happens when they take a punch and i'll tell you i do think that george west can land a punch i think they're gonna be i think so i think they're gonna be able to match up a little bit up front i think they're able to run the ball pretty effectively with michael upton and their quarterback devon jackson um i am look i'm picking poth in this game but right now, the computer loves Poth because because the computer values dominance. We like Poth because we think beating te- being the crap out of teams is fun. But what happens like when when they take like when they take one on the jaw? Because I think George West is going to be able to land that punch. I think their defense is pretty solid. Um, they're gonna I think they're going to be able to to, to hold down Poth 
a little bit, kind of keep that uh, what has been a, a really dominant rushing attack from Poth, uh, keep them in check a little bit. Uh, but furthermore, look if you look at if you look at what Poth's got the rest of the way, um, you know, yeah, that game against Natalia at the end of the season is suddenly pretty interesting. But th- if they win this game, if they win this game, they're going to finish undefeated. Like, I don't know. Uh, are they going to do like weird? Um, do they just? I know they've got a bunch of bye weeks built in the end. Are they just? Are they going to take those as bye? Or are they going to do like round robin stuff? Um, as far as I know, unless unless Poth schedules a game. You know, a non-district game, yeah, because they—I they, mean, they're—they're. It they're, they're, looks like they're playing out the full district schedule. Yeah, because um, um, it's a seventeen district, and they've already played three district games, and they've got three yeah. left. So I'm showing a week ten and week eleven buy for them. Yes, for open date. So uh, they've built those in. Um, it, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you'd be talking about a team that's going to finish the year, in my opinion, 8-0 if they win this game. Apologies to Nixon, Smiley, and, and Natalia. Um, and then you start talking, okay, just how good is this team? Are they good enough to win Region 2, or Region Region 4, rather? And if they're good enough to win, win Region 4, like, are they, are they good enough to go to a title game? Because yeah. I'll tell you, you look at Region 3... Of uh, and we're getting way far ahead of ourselves, way out of our skis. But you look at Region Three of Three A Division Two, and it's like, who's going to come out of there? It's like, well, Newton. There's no, there's not that team that you're like, oh, that that team is going to the state championship. There's, there's not that team this year. Right, it might be both. So anyway, interested in this one uh, because I want to see if they get challenged. Because I'll say this: if they go and they beat the they beat the tar out of George West, then I'm ready to start talking about them going to AT and T. Like this is that moment for me. So. All right, that's my fourth pick. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? I am going to go out to East Texas mm. where we have a district matchup of two teams that are undefeated at 5-0 and and 2-0 and in district play in the very tough and exciting District 5-3A Division One, as Mineola visits Mount Vernon. And I think this game is not getting talked about enough in East Texas as a real, real showdown type game. I think the winner of this game uh, is now poised to take on uh, Pottsboro uh, for the district championship. So I think what's happened in five three A Division One is the the, the Pottsboro, Mineola, and Mount Vernon have separated themselves from the pack and kind of established themselves as the top three teams. And I think the rest of the teams are kind of fighting for that fourth and final spot. Uh, no Great. offense to no offense to Winsboro. Um, I think I think Winsboro is the fourth best team in the district, but I, I don't. You know, I think they're still a step behind um, the top the top three teams um, in this district, especially considering Winsboro has already lost to Minneola twenty to six. Um, so I, I think this is kind of a, almost like an elimination game for the district the district title because the winner will still have to take on Pottsboro uh, later on down the road. Um, right. And, you know, you look at Mineola, it, it starts with Trevion Sneed, the uh, running back linebacker who um, every week seems to put up just superhuman numbers. He's incredible. Last week, you know, they, they roll past Bonham 55-23. Sneed, run, he's an SMU commit, runs for 215 yards, five touchdowns, nine tackles on defense, just kind of another ho-hum day uh, for, for the uh, the superstar from Mineola. Um, Mineola's defense has been pretty good this year. Um 
you know, solid, I would say. They're, they're not a, a lockdown dominant defense per se, uh, especially against the pass, but against the run, they do a pretty good job. But they're they're going to get their biggest test of the year without question this week against that Mount Vernon offense because uh, the Tigers uh, can score points and they, they can score points in bunches. This is a team, you know, averaging 46 points a game, um, and they pretty much hit the mark last week. They, they knocked off a Commerce 45-20 to 20 in a game that I really don't think was that close. And, and, and you know, Brock, Brock Neller, the quarterback, um, he kind of does it all for Mount Vernon. You know, he had 450 yards of offense last week, five touchdowns. Um, he's a true, true dual threat running and passing. And, and the thing about Mount Vernon last week, looking at some of the highlights, was they, they were hitting a lot of big plays on Commerce. I mean, we're talking – I think they had two touchdowns of 80 plus yards. I mean, they were they were throwing the ball deep, pushing the ball downfield, and, and really testing that commerce defense. And I, I think that's going to be a challenge for Mineola that they haven't seen yet this year. I don't think Mineola has gone up against a quarterback in an offense that can push the ball vertically down the field quite like Mount Vernon can. And so that's why. You know, I, I feel like Mount Vernon uh, gets the early jump on Mineola in this game and kind of gets Mineola because Mineola, like like some of the other games we talked about, Mineola, they want to keep this game a little more low scoring. They, they don't want to get into a track meet with Mount Vernon. That's not their game. And I think that's definitely Mount Vernon's game. And I, and I feel like if that happens, I, I think the, the, the pendulum swings are pretty noticeably towards Mount Vernon and, and their chances to win this game. I agree with that. One other thing I would throw out there about um, – about Mount Vernon is I am not sure for all of the um, they the, for, for their resume, which by the way, we, we were kind of going crazy over their early resume when they beat hooks, Pittsburgh and Paul Pewitt in non-district. Uh, those, th- those three teams are now a combined three and 10. So I don't know if we were, we might've been out of our skis a little bit for that one. I mean, that's not to say they're not a good team. They're obviously a very good team, but um but the one thing that I do think is interesting, I think there's a fair argument to be to be said that this is the fastest defense they faced. That Mineola is going to get sideline to sideline probably better than any team they've played, um, and 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 or at the very least, this was a team that has the speed and the experience at that point. Mm-hmm. That Paul Pewitt's mm-hmm. got a ton of speed defensively, but they're really young, right? Yeah, especially in week two when they played. You know, it was a early right. early game, yeah. So for me, what I'm interested in is how do they handle that defensive team speed? I think you're right that Mineola wants to, even with the, the playmakers they've got offensively, I do think they want to keep this score low. They don't want to get into a shootout. But uh, I am very, I am interested in this game, and I think you're right. This is this is kind of a, it's almost like a like a a, a district title semifinal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you win this game, then you get you get a chance at Pottsboro. Uh, so yeah, this is a very interesting game. Uh, that that for for you. So good pick on number pick number four, and now we'll go on to my fifth pick, and Matthew. This would be. I'll be honest. There are other games I could take, and this could actually fall under the category of hipster game of the week, if you wanted it to. Hmm. But just to make sure, hold on. This is a four AD one game. Is that your hipster game of the week? No. All right, but here we go, Matt. How about a week seven season opener for both teams? As the as Hidalgo, the mighty pirates take on the Gators of Rio Grande City, Grulia. And both of these teams, of course, in the very hard hit part of the of the state, the, the Rio Grande Valley, uh, they are finally getting going. 
in 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 play this week. And look, I think this is a this is in District 16-4A Division One, and mm-hmm. these are two teams that I think are. I mean, Kings King uh, Kingsville King is off to a pretty rough start right now. I think these are two playoff teams in that five team district, and. I think that this could be a really interesting matchup. Uh, not only, obviously, all of the very strange circumstances around this, that it's your first game here in Octo- on October, I guess it'll be 7th or 8th, but um, I do think that this is going to be a really pretty physical matchup. Um, you look at Hidalgo. Hidalgo, Coach Stumbaugh there at Hidalgo, um, he is uh, he's an old-school guy, okay? He's going to line it up and he's going to run it. That's what he's going to do. Uh, Zach Carrera, their outstanding running back, is a twenty, almost a twenty-two hundred yard rusher a year ago. He's back. They bring back a fair amount of that offensive line led by Saul Hernandez up front. They're going to pound it out. How the defense though deals with what is a very solid quarterback here uh, in uh, JT Trujillo, the quarterback for for Grulia. Uh, this is a guy who's entering his second year as a starter there. They're really high on him. They've got a good running back in Vidal Lopez. Uh, they've got the newcomer of the year in the district in Josu uh, Barrera. Um, and yeah, I think it's fair to say we still we haven't seen Laferia yet, right? So that's the other thing we haven't seen in this district. Um, but I think it's fair to say, and they'll play Zapata, by the way. But I think it's fair to say that this could be for like second place in the district. Laferia is going to have something to say about it. But this is a district at least positioning game that you know. And when you're di- when you're matched up with District 15, which is Calhoun, Cal Allen, Miller, you want to finish as high as possible. You want to get as be- the best possible draw you want. You can get. So um, I think this is going to be an interesting game. It'll be just be good to see these two teams out there. I'm going to go with Hidalgo and uh, Rio Grande Lagrulia for my fifth pick. I like it. <laughs> it's a district opener. Uh, this is, uh, you know, these games that are being played in the Rio Grande Valley, that, you know, are especially at the 4A level, yeah. are all really crucial because the, the season has been so condensed and you've got, you know, you know a win you know, a win in this opener can really kind of get you going uh, towards a possible playoff spot because um, this is, you know, it's got to be weird to play your district opener as your season opener. first game. Like, yeah, yeah, like you're going out there, and by the way, this, like, matters significantly. Like, you've got to go out there, and, and it has huge implications for the rest of your season. So Yeah, because Hidalgo's got, you know, Hidalgo's got a five-game schedule with yeah. uh, four of their games. They play two district games, and they play a non-district game, and then they, they have the last two games as district games. Grulia has got a four-game schedule, and all four games are district ball games. So yeah. every game for Grulia is almost like a playoff game to yeah. start. So that is my fifth pick, Hidalgo and Lagrulia. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? I'm heading out to the big country in West Texas as we get in District 1-4A Division 2, Midland Greenwood visiting the famed Mustang Bowl to take on the Sweetwater Mustangs. And on the surface, you would say, oh, Midland Greenwood's got this game. Uh, you know, they had such a good year last year. They're really good again this year. Greenwood's the, the big favorite. I, I say not so fast. You want to talk about one of the hottest teams in the state of Texas right now, and I think it's the Sweetwater Mustangs. Yeah, this is a ball club that's four and one. They've won four straight, including a win at Bernie. Um, their one loss this year is to Stephenville in the season opener, and that, that loss has aged, I think, fairly well considering what Stephenville did to Dumas a couple of weeks ago, and then what they did to Brownwood last week. Um, Sweetwater is a team that I think the arrow is pointed up and way up. 
Um, this is a young team. Leo Halsey at quarterback di- uh, di- directs a really dynamic offense. And the defense, is th- I think, continues to improve each and every week. Um, they went to Snyder last week, rivalry game. Sweetwater and Snyder are old rivals. And, you know, Snyder pushed Sweetwater for about a half, but then the Mustangs in the second half really kind of turned it up. Uh, Darian Carr, uh, 174 yards receiving and four touchdowns last week for Sweetwater Jeez. in that offense. Just a huge night for him. And Sweetwater pulled away in the second half for that 19-point win. Uh, you got Greenwood on the other hand, who who I think is still solid, but they, they're they're missing a lot of pieces from that state semifinal team of a year ago. But one guy they still have back is Trey Cross, um, three hundred and sixty six yards rushing and five touchdowns last week in their thirty nine to ten win over Pecos in their district opener. So I don't um, I don't mean this I don't mean this disrespectfully to the rest of the team, but Trey Cross feels like he's that whole team right now. Uh, offensively, I mean, he's really yeah. making that thing go because you know he, I, think, I think Greenwood stirs the drink, man. Yeah, Greenwood's defense is good enough. I think they 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 have the defense is really what they, they brought back. I think seven or eight starters from last year's defense. So the defense is really the strength of the team. But offense, it was it's pretty much Trey Cross and a bunch of youngsters, and those yeah. young guys are still trying to find their way. And Cross has really been the uh, the workhorse and the catalyst for uh, Rusty Purser's ball club. Um, my. You know, I think Greenwood. I think even the computer has Greenwood a favorite, um, but I think Sweetwater pulls the upset here. I think the worm turns in District One, One Four A Division Two, and this is the uh, this is kind of the, the game that turns it around, and, and Sweetwater reestablishes themselves as the team to beat in West Texas in Four A Division Two region. This out, is out there this is the two. game. Yeah. yeah, this is the game. This is, believe it or not, in the computer rankings, this is number 23 Greenwood versus number 24 Sweetwater, and it's at Sweetwater. So it's like, I mean, you're talking, you know, razor's edge type stuff uh, as far as comparing these two teams. They are this, I, and I think you're right. This is this is the game that will determine, the, this is the district championship game. Uh, you know, apologies to Monahans, but like this is the district championship game. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, at that point, again, and again, I, I keep going back to it because it's it's time to start looking at this, but like zoom out on region on on region one and tell me who that 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 killer team is, right? Like we I think thought we it was going to be Salina. Yeah, we thought it'd be Salina, and and it may still be, but they've got some proving to do still. Yeah, um, exactly. I, like Iowa Park. I mean, I think it's you know Iowa Park. I, if, if anyone, Iowa Park's probably been the most impressive. Yes, team in the region, but I, I still think that's, that's an Iowa Park team that has some question marks as well. Yeah, so it is. Uh, it is an interesting game, and and yeah, I think Sweetwater and Greenwood has a lot of intrigue, uh, not only for that district but for the region as a whole. So good pick. So though, that's the draft. I took Rockwall, Southlake, Carroll, Meet, Mart, Bremond, uh, Desoto, Prosper, Poth, George West, and Hidalgo, Rio Grande, Lagrulia. Step took Cedar Park, Georgetown, El Paso Americas, El Paso East, Lake Laporte, Port Arthur Memorial, Mineola, Mount Vernon, and Midland Greenwood, Sweetwater. Dude, we hit a lot of different parts of the state. We did. We 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 covered 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 the whole gamut. That's the that's the cool part about uh, doing this is we get to yeah. give every part of the state a little bit of love. A little bit of love. All right. It's now time for your hipster game of the week, Matt Step. What is your hipster game of the week? In a week in a week that's got a lot of hipster options. We mentioned it off the top. It's a nerdy week. It's like a down deep in the muck. You want to dig down deep week. Uh, a lot of different hipster options here. So I'm going to go with a district ball game, and dist- I'm heading out to District Four Two A Division One mm-hmm. as the 
Deleon Bearcats visit the Coleman Blue Cats. And you look at this game and you're like, hey, Deleon's one and four. Why, why would you pick this game as, as a hipster game? Uh, they're playing a Coleman team that's four and one. Well, here's why. Deleon is one of those teams that always starts the year out slow and starts to improve every week. And you look at Deleon's scores and they, they struggled the first two weeks. They got, they got beat bad by Dublin, who's a larger school, uh, 3A Division uh, Division II program. And then they got beat bad by Winthorst, who I think we've all seen Winthorst is the real deal in 2A Division II with how they played Hamlin. But then week three, they lose a close one to Millsap, another larger school. Uh, and then they, they lose another close one to Cross Plains, who was state ranked for a, 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 a point of a period there. So two seven point losses. And then last week they get over the hump and they beat Seymour 20 to 19. And they, they, they had the week on well, two weeks ago, they beat Seymour 20 to 19. They had the week off. I think they're starting to kind of trend up in the right direction. And they're playing a Coleman team that is four and one, but really hasn't played, you know, I would say that the, the, the toughest of schedules, I think this is a Coleman team that we still have some questions about uh, when you look at who they've beat. I mean, their best win is probably a, a 15 to 12 win over Brady. Um, who's a, a larger three, a school. Uh, they won that game by three, but their other wins, you know, really haven't been, I would say nothing of note. Uh, the teams they've beaten, you know, they blew out Colorado city, great Creek and miles. Uh, three teams that are all all really struggling. So um, I think this is a game that really is going to have playoff implications because it, you know in four two A Division one you've got Cisco and you got San Saba at, at the top of the district that everyone kind of assumes is, is going to finish at one two. But I think after that, every team in this district can make a claim towards a playoff spot. So I think you start to get that sorting out of the district race, and it starts right away with this Coleman and DeLeon game because the winner of this game is going to have that 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 kind of buffer win, uh, a head-to-head win over a team that you could be competing for a playoff spot with. So I, I think you know Coleman on the surface looks like the favorite, but I think DeLeon's got a real good shot in this ballgame. Anytime you can include the Blue Cats, you know I'm in on it. So Heck yeah. All right. Good pick. All right. You actually mentioned one of the teams that is going to be in my hipster game of the week because Matt Step, let's go to one of the oldest stadiums in Texas. This in Callahan County. Let's go to Buffalo Stadium in Cross Plains. All right. Which will be hosting a critical District 8-2A Division 2 matchup between the Cross Plains Buffaloes and the Santo Wildcats. Uh, five and one Cross Plains, four and two Santo. This is the this is for the, to give people shorthand who don't who don't dig into the standings. This is the Albany district. Mm-hmm. This is the and and to be fair, I still think Albany is probably the team. They're the district champion at this they're point. They're the team to beat. They're, 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 they're the, the team big to dog. Beat. Yeah, they're the big dog. This is for second place. I think pretty clearly. Apologies to Meridian, Heiko, and Ranger. This is pretty clearly the second place game, and. You've got two teams that are pretty similarly built. The one, there's one glaring weirdo result here that I cannot wrap my mind around. And that is, if you go back, I guess this was a couple of weeks ago. Let me find it. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Santo um, got beat 52 nothing by Millsap. Just drilled into the ground. Now, Millsap's a decent 3A team. Mm-hmm. So I don't go crazy, but like 
I don't know. Maybe that it must have just gotten away from them. But that's kind of the one thing that's got me a little bit concerned. That yeah. said, these are two teams that are going to they're going to run the ball. They're going to keep the ball on the ground, uh, and they're going to uh, play pretty good defense. They're two teams that are that are built pretty similarly. Um, you know, Santo is is off to I think a, a very solid start uh, with Coach Devin Mann. Um, they they run that flex bone attack, which is just it's 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 a chore. It's a pain uh, in the butt to get ready for. It is going up against Cross Plains, who's off to a five and five and zero start or five one start rather. Um, and they are a team that that they will spread it out a little bit more. They've got a star in Caleb Hernandez that can do a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, this is a fascinating game that is probably for it, it at, at the very least, because they both still have Albany on their schedule. This sets up, uh, if you want to call it like a, a, a semifinal, right? Then this sets up whoever wins this game is going to be the chief challenger at Albany. I would still take Albany in that game, but you're talking about probably the second place game here, uh, with cross Plains and Santo. And if you ever just want to go to a stadium that was built in, according to TexasBob.com, 1936, you can go to Buffalo stadium. There you go. I'm driven. So, I'm driven. I'm driven past Buffalo State. So there you go. You can go to a place that Matt Step has driven past. Never been to a game there. It's on, it's on my bucket list though. There you go. All right. What is your road trip looking like? What's your What's your schedule look like this week? So uh, this is my last week before my Canada trip. So I will only be at games on Thursday and Friday this week because I am headed to Canada for two weeks for to celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving and to hang out with my wife. As one uh, does. Yes, so I'll still be watching games online, but I won't be at any games in person. Uh, but I can promise you when I come back from Canada, there is the wildest road trip you can ever imagine on the horizon. Oh, so that's a two-week tease. Guys, you have no idea. Yeah, you it's going to be no great. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that, look forward to that. Um, we'll still be doing Tep and Step just remotely. I'll be in Canada, but we'll still we still plan on doing Tep and Step. Uh, so don't worry about, no worries there. Um, so Thursday night, I will be in McKinney as Dallas Skyline finally gets to open their season uh, as they take on the McKinney Lions at beautiful McKinney ISD Stadium. And I literally just got an email uh, from McKinney ISD Athletics approving my credentials. So thank you, McKinney ISD, for that. And then Friday night, as I mentioned, I will be at DeSoto for the Prosper DeSoto game, a really big top 25 6A uh, showdown that I'm looking forward to. I think it's a great, going to be a great measuring stick for both these these teams and, a, and an, another good game. So I, I won't get made fun of by you by my game choices this week. I know. Yeah, you're, I've you're been on, on a the heater board. the last two weeks. The last two weeks, I've been a little, on a little bit of a heater because you yeah. haven't made fun of my game choices. Well, yeah, although last week, because you added that, I think you added that Saturday morning game. The Yates and North Forest game? Yeah, I, I added that in late, but you know. Yates and North just Forest. A, that was just a bonus game. Okay, where was that being played? At Cowart Stadium. Oh, man. Yeah, the, gra- the grass was not in the uh, best of shape at Cowart Stadium. We'll just it's, say uh, that. Yes, but uh, I'm glad you were out there. And I'm, the I know they were glad you were out there too. Yeah, the funny thing was I went from Cowart Stadium to Legacy Stadium in, in Katy, <laughs> freaking palace. You know, I pull up to the state. The the the, the, st- the side of Legacy Stadium looks like a spaceship. Like it's pretty modern looking, and it's like, oh, yeah. this is this kind of sums things up sometimes. You know, how, how are we playing the same sport in both of these places? Yeah. Um, so the Fox schedule for this week, I will, of course, please watch Fox Sports Southwest um, for, um, for uh, Football Friday, 8 to 11, and then scoreboard 11 to 1. Uh, Thursday, 
Uh, Pickles is going to be at Carolyn Rockwall. Can't believe uh, Pickles got double duty. I'm going to have to make fun of her a little bit about that. And then she's going to as many games as you are, dude. Yeah. And then and then Friday she's going to go the late the late Friday edition for her. I think it's a pretty good one. Mansfield Timberview and Flower Mount. There you go. That's a pretty good game. Uh, Katie Engelson will be at Bremond in Mart. Uh, Lauren Blackwell will be at College Station in, Mac- in Magnolia, which is a sneaky game. Um, wish Magnolia hadn't lost that one game, but that's not here nor there. Um, Austin Ivan will be at Canyon and Andrews, which is a game we need to mention because that is a really good game too. It's a solid game. It was it was in the in the discussion for my top five. Yes. Uh, Paige Schnorbach will be at Joaquin and San Augustine, which is okay. a Suddenly a very interesting game. Joaquin Top 10 matchup in 2A Division 1. Sarah Merrifield will be at Allen and Cedar Hill. Um, would love Cedar Hill got off to a bit of a slow start last week against Arlington, but they figured they it did, out. I, I personally think Arlington's pretty good. I, you know, I think like, they are too. Yeah. I mean, they were ranked, so yeah. They're still uh, ranked. Finally, and Whitley Pleasant will be at Sunnyvale and Caddo Mills. There in the Big game there. The Foxes. Yes, the, the mighty, the mighty foxes. So there you go. That's Top and Stuff for this week, your Week 7 edition. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. Please tell a friend to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, texasfootball.com. Slash subscribe and step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. Next week, we'll be doing this one from Canada. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. We'll see you then. Top and Step.